0: Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. This is indeed the Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. Glad to have you along here with us on this Wednesday halfway through the week already. Uh, Before we begin the program today, I also want to mention to you about Father Rocky's Lenten lessons on the Mass. If you are unfamiliar with this, if this is something that you're hearing about for the first time, then all you have to do is sign up. It's absolutely free. Uh, This is a way to walk through Lent. And Father Rocky, he has these Lenten lessons on the Mass. He's had audio versions of these that we've offered for several years now. And even people who have received those in their email inbox every single day throughout Lent for, you know, the past three or four years. We hear from people again and again who say, oh, I'm so glad I signed up this time. I'm so glad that I'm getting these again because it really has uh, just reinforced some of the things that maybe I knew already or things that I forgot that I learned last year going through the Lenten lessons on the Mass. But also, Father Rocky, last year and this year, has brand new uh, video portions that are offered as well it's kind of the premium edition uh, that we've been doing here these last couple of years and so new videos that walk you through a lot of the things that you see in a church, a parish, a chapel, and allows you to have a better and deeper understanding of what you see when you go to Mass and what you're hearing and what's being said, What we, how we respond as the laity. Um, again, absolutely free. All you have to do is sign up, and you can sign up. You'll see a big banner at relevantradio.com, or you'll see that banner there on our app, the Relevant Radio app. So again, I encourage you to sign up. Uh, as of today, two weeks out from Lent. And so it's a great way for you to take your Lent kind of to the next level. Now today as we begin our program, uh, did you have a character, a favorite character that when you were a child you loved to imitate that person? Uh, It could have been somebody from a book that you loved, maybe somebody from a movie or a television show, and you'd you'd see that person and you want to live through their experiences, their adventures. My older brother, Seth, when he was little, he'd go around the house pretending to be the $6 million man. Do you remember that show? Lee Majors, he played Colonel Steve Austin, and that was the bionic man. After an accident, I think he was with NASA, he was uh, Colonel Austin. He was rebuilt into the superhuman bionic man, superhuman strength and speed, and in the television show, they'd have all of those slow motion shots that were supposed to be him running faster than humanly possible or making some big jump, you know, jumping up over something, uh, something that was beyond human capability. And I can still hear even that kind of sound effect that they'd add into the music, that kind of sound when Steve Austin was using his bionic powers. Well, Seth, he would go around our house and he'd try and do things that the bionic man would do. And one of those times when he was pretending to be the bionic man, the $6 million man, he went into the main bathroom in our home and he ended up with his super strength bending up one of the towel bars. And when my mom discovered what he'd done, of course, she got on his case about it. And my brother, the bionic man, never bent another towel bar again. Now, that towel bar was never replaced. Yeah, it was bent, had that kind of creased part in the metal there, but it was still good enough, still strong and sturdy enough that it could hold towels. And so my dad just left it as it was. And me as a young child, I didn't know the reason why it was bent. It just, that was our bathroom. One of the towel bars had that little dent, that bend in it, and that's how it was. Well, a few years later, when I was maybe four years old, one of my favorite television shows was The Incredible Hulk. And that's the one uh, starring Bill Bixby as David Banner, not Bruce Banner, but David Banner in the television show. And Lou Ferrigno, he, whenever uh, Dr. Banner would transform into the Hulk, then Lou Ferrigno would be the Hulk. And I would go around the house in these ragged, cut-off pants that I had, pretending that I was the Hulk, And I would imagine myself able to pick up and throw these massively heavy objects. And I'd be that giant, strong, green monster. But I was a monster who still always would do good things. I'd help people. I'd try and set things right. But one day as the Hulk, as I was roaming through our house, I saw that towel bar, that same towel bar, the one with the dent, the bend in it. And it looked like the perfect thing for me that I could use to show my immense strength as the Hulk. And so i grabbed onto it and i hung down feeling it give just a little bit under my weight and so i pulled a little bit more and a little bit more well i should clarify this was the hulk that was pulling down on it Uh, soon i had pulled that towel bar enough that it finally snapped into two pieces and when that happened i had two different thoughts in that moment i was amazed number one At myself as a little child being strong enough to break a towel bar in half. But then I also knew that breaking that towel bar would probably mean I was going to get in trouble. So I dropped it. I left the towel bar there on the floor of the bathroom. I ran back to my room. I wanted to get out of those cutoffs that I wore as the Hulk. I put on normal clothes. I was just returning to, you know, mild-mannered Josh Raymond. He, He would never be suspected of ruining bathroom fixtures. But sure enough, then my mom, she saw the towel bar the broken towel bar there on the bathroom floor and i got yelled at and she was angry i was in trouble now her anger it didn't last very long but i do think it's a bit poetic that it was the hulk that was the catalyst for her anger in that moment because that's what makes the hulk the hulk if you're familiar if you remember that show from the 70s you might remember what david banner would say if somebody was provoking him don't make me angry You wouldn't like me when I'm angry." But of course, you don't have to just be the Hulk to be unlikable when you're angry. Angry people are just unpleasant to be around. In that television show, The Hulk, The Incredible Hulk, David Banner, he knew that if he got angry and turned into the Hulk, he might hurt someone that he cared about. So he ended up leaving everyone and everything he knew. He just wandered as a loner in that television show so that he wouldn't do something he'd regret. He wouldn't hurt someone he loved. And while that might make a good plot device for a television show, it's not very realistic. Because if you're dealing with anger in your life, you can't just walk away from everyone and everything until you finally have your anger under control. You've got it sorted out on your own. And then you can rejoin normal life. No. This is what we want to talk about today, though, on the inner life. We want to just uh, try and understand how anger holds us back from knowing God better. And we want to discuss how we can let go of that anger and we can allow God to work in our lives so that we can experience that peacefulness, that patience, rather than being angry. Joining us as our spiritual director today as we talk about this, Father Chris Walsh is back with us once again. Father Chris is a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. He's the pastor of St. Raymond of Penafort Catholic Church there in Philadelphia. Father, welcome back to The Inner Life.
1: Hello, good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me.
0: All right. So, did you did you grow up watching The Hulk, The Incredible Hulk I just
1: had I had I had I had memories of myself. Uh, I'm a I'm a it's, it's, it's my my friends when they know that I'm on the radio, they always say that I've got the perfect face for radio. Um and uh you know they I, I used I was Hulk for Christmas or for Halloween rather a number of times. I'm a pretty big guy. And uh, I remember my my sisters rubbing me down with green paint and wearing sort of shredded clothes as I sort of walked around. (laughs) And so I do do remember it a great deal. Now people would think I was Shrek, I guess. But, uh, yeah, and and, and it is funny because I remember having conversations at school with a guidance counselor when he would come into our class talking about good anger, bad anger, and using the Hulk as an example.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, well, you know, as we do talk about that then, because we want to talk about anger and if it can be good. Uh, You know, it's listed as one of the seven deadly sins. And so we know that it's a dangerous area for us to kind of wade into. But there are certain things that we can look at in Scripture that say, well, it might not be bad all the time. So but before maybe we get into that, can we talk about what anger is itself? Um, Why do we get angry? What is anger for us?
1: Yeah. um, So again, we... Some might be listening and saying, well, yeah, okay, it's a deadly sin, but this seems awfully, you know, emotional. But, you know, emotions are part of who we are and part of what God, mm-hmm. God has redeemed. Um, and, and on the one hand, and, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about today, uh, you know, Paul will say things like, if you're angry, let it be without sin. So there's this way that anger can be non-sinful. Right, um, but but certainly it's listed traditionally as as a capital sin, and so there's this choice that makes. So I think on the one hand there's this emotion of anger, which is a, a maybe beyond frustration, right? And and, um, and and but then there has to be a choice in order for something to be sinful. Of course, you know there there, there needs to be a, a choice, and so with anger, just like anything else. Um, you know, it's going to go that way. But I think, you know, psychologists would say it's a a strong feeling maybe of displeasure, of, you know, lack of contentment, uh, maybe even hostility that could be felt towards self, um, towards another person, or, or even towards God.
0: Well, and so let's talk about this, too. What does anger do to our spiritual life? Because I was looking up some of the, the basic health problems and the risks that are associated with anger, and if you do make that choice, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, you know, something like you say might go beyond mere frustration and I allow myself to just respond with that angry outburst. In the next two hours, my chance of having a heart attack doubles uh, in that same two-hour window, three times more likely to have a stroke. Anger is also linked to anxiety and depression. And a Harvard study even found that angry people have lung and breathing problems. So there's a lot of these physical issues that are associated with anger. But let's talk about the spiritual side. Um, when we let anger get control of us, when we, it, and that might also be a good thing to talk about. Sometimes we say, oh, you know, I'm angry and we blame another person or circumstances and we say, you made me angry. But again, this goes back to we still have a choice in all of those moments. So when we make that choice that I'm not going to take it slow and look at what's happening around me, but I'm just going to let that anger kind of erupt in however I proceed with it, what does that do to our spiritual life and our relationship with God in that moment?
1: Great, great question. I think that one of the things that that happens, you know, the— Oftentimes in the, in the drug world, they speak of marijuana as the gateway drug. Because so young people say, well, what's the problem with marijuana? Uh, well, it often leads, and I think the data is there, that it will often lead to other drug usage, which is, is certainly more harmful. Um, and, and I know that we always say that pride is the root of all sin, but I think that um, anger for some of us can become the root of all sin because anger can actually even lead to my pride. Because I'm not willing to acknowledge that maybe I was wrong, I'm not willing to acknowledge that I need to forgive the person who hurt me. Uh, maybe because I'm feeling angry, I now have to self soothe, and so I'm going to you know commit the sin of gluttony as I eat or, or drink too much, or in my anger, I'm going to act out sexually. You know, and so there, there the sin of, of lust is manifesting. Or I'm just so angry I can't do the work around the house. And so sloth is now entering in. Uh, anger can really begin to possess us. And I believe what it does is I see it in my own life and I see it in those who, who I serve. Um, I think anger leads us to blame others. It, it reduces the possibility of poverty of spirit because I'm not willing to depend on God to see me through it. I'm actually blocking God out. Because when I choose the path of anger, I'm choosing the path of resentment. I'm choosing the path of separating from other people. Um, and, and again, the two great commands—love God, love others—will both become violated. And 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 we could start heading down a course that's going to cause you know other people to be angry at me, and and that cycle will would continue.
0: Mm. Yeah, as you're talking about that, it's making me think too of. You, you talk about blocking God out, but if if I am dealing with serious anger, um, you know, that goes beyond just a moment more than just a fleeting response, that anger, it, it not only would seem to hold us back on forgiving somebody else, but, you know, it kind of goes back to what Jesus clarifies when he talks after giving us the Our Father, you know, that if you don't forgive your fellow human who trespasses against you, sins against you, wrongs you, then neither can your Heavenly Father forgive you. And so it puts us in dangerous territory for our spiritual well-being. You know, we that blocking God out, I mean, we're just, we're potentially cutting ourselves off from receiving the mercy and forgiveness of God there in those exactly. moments, too.
1: Exactly, limiting, limiting the possibility of, of God moving, because, again, I, I've pushed God back. I've pushed God back. Well, let's talk about
0: what you mentioned, that there might be the opportunity to be angry where it doesn't lead to sin. And you referenced St. Paul writing in his letter to the Ephesians, uh, the fourth chapter, where he says, be angry, but do not sin. And then he also goes on to say, do not let the sun go down on your anger, but we've got a couple of things that are happening here so yeah it sounds like he's saying it's possible to experience anger but not sin and then secondly he he advises us not to hold on to that anger so let's talk about the first part being angry but not sinning and another place we might look is kind of this famous example that is brought up of Jesus, where he casts out the merchants, the money changers there in the temple, people describe that as a righteous anger that Jesus uh, had in that moment. Uh, You know, we're all going to, I I think it's impossible for us not to experience at least that emotion of anger at some point in our life, whether it's against us personally, or against a, a person or a group that we care about, we'll see certain perceived injustices. So, how do you think we can respond in those moments? What is the choice that we need to make there where anger does flare up,
1: but then we don't allow it to lead us to sin? Great, great question. Thanks for that. Just, I think it's a couple of things. So first off, you know, emotions are not sins. You know, my feelings are not sins. Um, it, it's, I, I, a sin does involve a choice. And so... Um, you know right now there's a a situation in my parish where you know a a teenage daughter is, is is acting out in a in a really uh unhealthy way and um you know people at the school got involved and and now the social workers from the city are involved and 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 lots of lies are being told about the mom who is is just a phenomenal woman who has done everything right you know everything right through the years taking care of these kids and and, and of course, the social service agency is, is doing its job, but but there's just lots of really bad choices being made. And um, as, as the mom was was sharing with me, and we were talking, I could feel myself getting angry at the social service agency, right, for for for, for taking the choice uh, the side of the child more than the adult, for not calling other people and trying to. You know, really get a, a fuller picture rather than just take the word of a 15-year-old, right? So, so as I sat down that night for night prayer two nights ago, like I, I felt angry. I really felt angry towards social services, and and I sat with God, right? Uh, this quest for justice. I I don't think I committed any sin, right? I, I I don't I don't have a person in mind that I'm angry with. I don't know these social workers, but at, at that point I didn't decide, you know, I'm going to start making phone calls and threatening people. I'm not going to go trash the office. I'm not even going to necessarily talk about it with, with other people disparaging the, the, the agency, right? But, but I did sit with the anger, and I did ask the Lord to soften my heart so I can continue to serve this mom and, and reach out to her, her and, and fill her with hope. But it's a moment where I was angry. I did feel angry, but I don't believe it was in any way sinful. Now, getting to the point of where the, the, the table is turning over, um, You know, often when we do the Beatitudes, and we heard Luke's version of the Beatitudes last Sunday, um, we, we have that blessed are those who are meek, right? And, and we hear that, and most of us don't really talk about meekness, right? Um, and, and if we do, you know, we usually if we describe someone as being meek, it's not usually a, a compliment. Uh, Barclay, Robert Barclay, the Presbyterian scripture scholar that Fulton Sheen used so often, I loved his definition of meekness, which was this, being angry when someone else is wronged But not angry when you are wronged. So why was Jesus turning over the tables and manifesting what we might call anger? Well, in truth, he was he was being meek in that you know the poor people were being ripped off by these people, and so it wasn't that he was offended and acting out of his anger. See, we want to use it to justify, you know, upset that my my sister-in-law, you know, did something at a party that upset me, so I want to flip over the table at her party. No, no, that's not what he's doing. Jesus is acting because the poor were wronged. The poor were upset. Uh, And and so he's acting in that, which is a vastly different thing. And so in the same way, if I'm going to be meek in the situation with this mom and her daughter, you know, I'm going to put my energy into trying to bring about reconciliation, trying to keep hearts open, trying to allow the the, the God of all to to bring healing and and restoration to the situation. So I hope that offers some insight, which I think is the, the difference in how we commonly understand it.
0: Well, and as I'm listening to you, too, you mentioned, you know, the first two greatest commandments that Jesus gives us, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And in those moments, if we're angry and we feel slighted, then I'm saying, I'm more important than anybody else, and here I'm going to make you aware of that, whereas as you're talking about Jesus, where his concern is for the poor, for those who are being taken advantage of... Um, you also talking about this situation where you're seeing kind of an injustice happen, the The response of, I care about this other individual, and I see this injustice, and I want it corrected, it allows then response out of love rather than out of anger. The, the anger is channeled in a different way that ultimately... Will hopefully result in something good, whether it's immediate good or whether it's you know maybe it's way down the road. But that's that's at least kind of the difference I'm seeing in the way you're describing this.
1: Yeah, exactly. And again, as as Christians, always that need to to be serving others, to be an advocate for others, to to be people of justice. And in a sense, um, and this is kind of uh, smacking in the face of the self care movement that's so popular now i have to take care of myself i have to think about myself um there is this uh sense that for us christians to think more of the other than ourselves which is what jesus did and again with appropriate boundaries and i'm sure we'll get to that when we talk about turn the other cheek
0: right our spiritual director is father chris walsh he's a priest in the archdiocese of philadelphia and today talking about dealing with anger and not letting it be a sin that takes over in our life. What has helped you to be able to let go of anger in your life? Are there any maybe tips or um, some behaviors that you have incorporated into your life that have helped you to remain calm at a time where maybe in the past you would have gotten angry? Or maybe you are struggling with anger in the way you respond to, whether it's your family, your coworkers, people that you deal with. Maybe you're struggling with that anger on an ongoing basis in your life, and you'd like some advice, you'd like some uh, recommendations on what you might be able to do, you can call in and talk with Father Chris Walsh at 888 914 914 9149, or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com, and we'll continue our conversation on anger in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today's programming is brought to you by St. Gregory Recovery Center in Iowa. More information about their faith-centered addiction treatment is available at relevantradio.com/st Gregory. Welcome back to the Inner life here on relevant radio and the relevant radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. And today we're talking about anger, one of those seven deadly sins. How do we experience anger? Maybe it's that emotion initially that just rears its head, but then you have that choice of what you can do in that moment. How do we not let anger turn into sin? That's what we're talking about today here on The Inner Life. And what has helped you to avoid those moments of sin where maybe you you did experience some anger? Uh, Anything that you have done in your life, That's allowed you to be able to make the choice that I am not going to, I'm not going to lash out. I'm not going to do something that will lead me into a selfish or a prideful response with my anger. Or maybe you're struggling with that anger in your life right now. And you'd like to call in and talk with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh. The number to call into the studio is 888 914 9149. 914 9149. And Father, right before the break, we were talking about St. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians, where he talks about being angry but not sinning. And we kind of went through that first part. The second part is where St. Paul says, Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So, Even if we don't actively sin, when we find ourselves angry over something, why do you think it's important that we don't hold on to that anger, that we figure out how to resolve that or move beyond it in a very timely fashion?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think the number one reason is because anger leads to resentments. And resentments don't go away easily. And so if I allow the anger to fester um, and that resentment settles in, that unforgiveness settles in, I also think in the spiritual world, uh, that's an openness to uh, the enemy, to, to evil spirits beginning to enter into our life. And I think it's just an invitation to many, many other problems. I think it's why the great spiritual masters, Benedict, Ignatius, Francis de Sales, all warned against our holding on to anger our living in anger our choosing anger because it it will separate us from god it'll separate us from other people and it's just going to make us a target Um, because if the devil can get us to a place um, where we are involved with self-pity which often comes from anger right Um, then then the devil is just going to wreak terror wreak terror
0: yeah Uh, Father, let me give out the phone number one more time again, 888-914-9149, as we are talking about dealing with anger in our lives and how we keep that from leading us to sin, 888-914-9149. And, Father, we've got Sandy who's listening to us in Temecula, California. Sandy, thanks for calling in today. You're on the air with Father Chris Walsh. Hi.
2: Um, I'm just calling to comment I have a situation that I never thought I'd get into, but unfortunately i did um I was married well, i'm still married for uh what like twenty four years and um about seven years ago, I was bedridden due to health issues I had, and um I had questioned my husband if he was having an affair and he was denying it the whole time. And I had no other choice, but to believe him. and, um, came to find out that he was having an affair
1: and
2: I kicked him out of the house and, um, I was angry, and I came to believe that, you know what, I could stay angry for a long time, and it's just not me to be that way. So um, it took some time, and he often came running back home, and I said, no, get your things out, I want it out, blah, 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 but it took some time. And, um, I came to forgive them because I just knew that that's what Christ would have asked for me. So, um, this is probably a month and a half after finding out and I went to where she was living and I told them, I said, I forgive you both for what you're doing. And you know it's live your married life, and he you know he was upset that I went over there and so forth and um it took time and I became friends with them about a year and a half ago, and um, you know it was it was awkward at first being that we're still married and he's living mm-hmm. with this woman. So, um I just thought, you know, this is what Christ would have wanted for me is to forgive them and, you know, let it go. And um so Sandy, what what,
0: what helped then? you get what? to a place where you were able to experience that forgiveness? Um, be able to come to a place where you were able to give that forgiveness to them because that would be such a deep hurt in your life. How did how did you get from being hurt, being angry, what worked in your life to be able to allow you to forgive them?
2: I have to say first, ever since I was a child, God has graced me with the ability to forgive. So anytime my 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 dad used to, you know, hurt me and say mean things, and I always forgave him, and my siblings the same thing, and they always ask, Mom, how is it that Sandra can be like this? And she didn't have an answer, but I have to say it's God's grace. And in this time, it was prayer. It was prayer. This is what got me through this whole thing was God. If I didn't have my faith, I'd be a nut basket.
0: Hmm. Father, as as Sandy is talking about this, too, I mean, one of the things that I guess I'm thinking about, we just talked about, you know, don't let the sun go down on your anger, but very, very understandably, Sandy, who has experienced this, you know, she has her husband who cheats on her, lies about it initially, of course, there's going to be anger and frustration and hurt feelings, betrayal, so much that's going on here for her. You know, that idea of don't let the sun go down on your anger, I, I, that seems like such a difficult concept in an instance like Sandy has gone through.
1: Yes. And then first off, praise God, Sandy, for the grace that was moving in your life, um, because you chose freedom. You chose not to remain in resentment, and that wasn't easy, right? It's, it's easier, actually, to stay in our resentment. It's easy to stay in our self-pity, but it's not good for you. Um, and, 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 and please, God, it, it might lead to some conversion on his part and, and, and this other woman's part as well. I, I think it's a process. You know, I'm not sure how long it took for you, Sandy, to get to that place, but I think we have to be gentle with ourselves because we can't force it. I I think when we are especially hurt, infidelity, abandonment, betrayal, right? These things hurt. And and this weekend's gospel, you know, we're going to hear Luke tell us, you know, quoting Jesus, "Love your enemies." Okay, not always easy for us, right? And so, to allow the 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 movement of God's grace, that poverty of spirit, Lord, I can't do this on my own. Lord, on my own, I want to wring their neck. Lord, on my own, I want to badmouth them to everyone I I can in every place that I can. But I I choose your path. I choose your way. And so give me the grace. And that's where that poverty of spirit to move within my life. And, And I think, Sandy, to build on something else you said, and maybe you've done this, it's not just a w- one thing that I have to forgive someone for, right? You're angry about lots of things. You're angry that he broke his vows. You're, you're angry that he lied to you. You're, you're angry that the, the way this, you know, has made you feel. You're angry that you don't get to have the, you know, the golden years that you were promised. There's so many things. It's not just one incident. And forgiveness and grace need to penetrate every single one of those situations.
0: Mm. Sandy, thanks so much for calling in and sharing your story. And uh, you'll have a lot of people praying for you that have just heard you here on the air, and be, you'll be in my prayers as well. Uh, Father, one of the other things that maybe we can talk about here, you mentioned um, you know, in the last segment that we might end up being angry because of an injustice that's done to somebody else. And how do we take that? How do we respond to that? Um, one of the things that we see that happens again and again in our culture that sparks that kind of, uh, that that frustration, that anger, is racial injustice. And now, I'm a white man, you're a white man, and I don't want to, you know, have a conversation of racial understanding here, trying to say that we know exactly what anybody might have been going through growing up as a black man or a black woman or uh, of other ethnicities here in our country. but. I think you have somewhat a unique perspective because your parishioners they're predominantly African American, correct?
1: That is correct. Yeah, the parish is is, is mostly African African American folks from the Caribbean, and, and you're right. It is a privileged opportunity um, for me to, to to walk with them to hear stories, and and while in no may, way am I a spokesperson, and and uh, but but I've experienced it. Um, the way I often share that I that I experience it is, you know, folks will know really nothing about my parish other than the fact that, you know, it's, it's a majority black parish. And um, I've had other priests many times say things to me like, you know, are you able to meet the payroll? Like, Are you able to stay caring on your bills, or does the diocese help you? I said, well, why would you ask that? Well, you know, just, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's tough. And I'm like, well, on what basis? And I'm trying to get them to say that they're, they're making a prejudgment. <laughs> Sure. Right, sure. That, that because the parish is black, that it's poor, which, in, in fact, it's not. God has blessed us in wonderful ways and our people are very, very generous. Um, but I want them to get to say that or people i will I'll be at a party and people will say, oh, you know, we've got some extra hot dogs and hamburgers. We'll send them home with you. And I'm like, there's 50 people at this party. What, like, what do you think I'm going to go to someone's house and give them a, an old hot dog? You know, and, right, and, and so right. I feel it in my heart, like I know what they're doing. I know that this is motivated by a, a prejudice, by a bigotry perhaps even, I, ignorance certainly, um, and, and I feel the anger. And so what I've done, what I've taken to do is, is to try to educate people. And so not in the moment, I'm not going to try to embarrass someone, but I'll call them later if I have some relationship. Listen, you said this. I, I think this is where you were coming from. Is this true? Well, well yeah, I just assume that. Okay, well, well, why would you assume that? Where does that assumption come from? And so I've used my frustration to lead to greater education. And, and we try to do that as a parish. A you know, year and a half ago, after the George Floyd situation and the riots, you know, our parish you know, welcomed folks from other parishes to engage in conversations and to allow folks of color to share stories of what they've suffered and understanding. And for the most part, people are like, wow, okay, well, I didn't realize that still happened. You know, and also for black folks to know that like you know white folks aren't just always thinking about race. It, it often doesn't come up in their mind much at all, right? Because sure. you know, for the vast majority of people, they're living and working around people of a, of a similar culture and background, and and they're not stepping out to say, okay, wow, let me understand this, let me hear this. And I think that's where you know a righteous anger, right? You're, you're frustrated because someone is being hurt. Okay, well, how? how what am I going to do with that? How am I going to make this better so that injustice doesn't have to continue to happen mm-hmm.
0: when you're dealing with you're talking about the education that you're trying to provide for people outside of your parish so that they have a better perspective on this, but when you're in the moment of something you brought mm-hmm. up you know George Floyd, where there is this anger or this frustration over how a black man is treated how do you how do you help your your parishioners, your flock, as a pastor, try and look past the anger and the frustration that they might initially experience there because of that injustice, and be able to maybe take that, channel it into something that is positive, that can bring about, whether it is the education or, you know, some sort of other change to promote justice and equality.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, 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 it's a number of things, and I think this is where the value for all of us is naming what I'm angry about, right? Because I'm, I'm not angry about racism. <laughs> I'm angry that this teacher made this remark to my grandson. <laughs> you know, I'm angry that this person at work made this comment, right? So I think it's very helpful that we don't sort of just try to globalize and generalize, well, I'm just angry about COVID, Okay, well, no, what are you sure. angry about? Well, I'm, I'm angry that, you know, my, my kids wearing a mask and they don't recognize their friends or they're sad or whatever. Okay, okay mm-hmm. then let's focus on that. So I do think that's an important step. That's where an examination of conscience is key to me, really sort of slowing down and beginning to think, you know, what is it? <laughs> what is the thing? That's causing me to feel angry, to feel hurt, to feel frustrated, and and so uh, and that's what I've talked about with my prisoners as they've experienced it, right? With the, you know, they perceive that a police officer acted in a, in a in a prejudicial way, or a teacher acted in a prejudicial way, uh, or at times that I acted, you know, maybe in a, in, a, in an ignorant or biased way. Um, and, and okay, let's let's talk that through. Let's name what it is, and then what do I need to feel freedom? What do I need? to be able to move past the anger. Because I think it's unique in every situation.
0: Hmm. Well, and then at that point, too, we always have to go back and, and remember that if we hold on to that anger, it keeps us from loving. You mentioned it early in the hour. You know, We're at that point, not only are we kind of blocking off a person or a group that we might be angry at, uh, we're blocking out God in that moment, too, if we're holding on to that anger, if we're not and, and dealing with
1: it. it. You know, the, the command of God is that we love one another, not just those who think like us, vote like us, uh, you know, but, but, but everyone. And again, we've got heroic examples of this, you know, within the Christian community of folks who, who stepped out and, and, and loved the person who, who hated them, you know, who, who acted in, in, in hatred. There's a, I forget his name, but there's an African-American gentleman, you can Google this guy, who, who started showing up at Ku Klux Klan meetings and getting to know members of the Ku Klux Klan, (laughs) right? Because what he's saying is, well, you say you hate me, but you don't know me. And he's won over people from the Ku Klux Klan to to leave that that hatred organization, right? He, he, He actually stepped into their world and tried to love them. Why? Well, Jesus thinks it's a good idea.
0: Our spiritual director Father Chris Walsh and we're talking about dealing with anger in our lives not letting it turn into sin making those good choices that allow us to love God love our neighbor and not make that choice that leads us to sin how have you been able to accomplish that in your life what has helped you to let go or move past that anger any tips you might recommend any things that you've incorporated into those moments where you are angry that allows you to say, okay, I'm going to not hold on to that anger. Maybe you are struggling with anger right now. It's something that you're having a hard time getting past, letting go. And you'd like to talk with Father Chris Walsh, you can call in at 888 914 9149, 914 9149, or email us innerlife at relevantradio.com. Uh, more with Father Chris Walsh and more of your phone calls coming up next here on the Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and our spiritual director for the hour, Father Chris Walsh, a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, pastor of St. Raymond of Penafort Catholic Church there in Philly, talking today about anger. How do you deal with anger in your life? When anger comes up in your, in your emotions, when you have that anger emotional response, what do you do with it? Do you allow it to take over for you? Do you hold on to that anger or are you able to let go of that anger? Are you able to forgive in that moment and make choices that allow you to grow closer to God, to grow in holiness, to help those maybe that have been wronged? You can call in and join our program. Maybe you're dealing with anger in your life right now, and you'd like some advice, some encouragement on how you might be able to handle that, move past that anger. Our studio line is 888 914 914 9149 Father, you know, one of the other things might be good to talk about here, too. You talked about naming the thing that we're angry about. And that helps us, you know, I've heard priests talk about that also, even just going into the confessional, not trying to be vague or evasive on the sins that we are bringing into the confessional, name the sin outright. And it helps us to identify and then be able to deal with that sin. It, It sounds very much like you're saying the same thing here with anger, be able to identify what it is that's making us angry in that moment. And it allows us to maybe take, rather than simply an emotional response in that moment, allows us to be rational, to have more of an intellectual response. Uh, Part of that too, I guess, I also, if you're dealing with anger in your life in an ongoing way, there might be other things that are helping to foster or spark that anger again and again and again uh, any advice on how you might look for where that root of whatever is causing the anger is uh, being able to identify that so that might help overcoming that anger in the future
1: yeah great question josh thank you so much i think i think that this is why regular prayer is so important i had a conversation with a guy yesterday he said well like i'm trying to pray but i'm not even sure why i pray and I said it's a couple things, right? It's not just asking for stuff. Certainly, we know that. But a relationship with God. I said, and he's a married man. And I said, you know, you know, why do you talk to your wife? And he just started laughing. He goes, well, some days I don't want to. I said, well, why do you? You know, because it maintains a relationship. And I think continuing to pay attention to when I feel angry. And, and 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 I guess my one thought would be, you know, if all of a sudden I start noticing that on 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 Tuesdays I'm. I'm noticing that I'm angry when I do my examination of conscience and I'm angry about work. Okay, well, what goes on on Tuesdays at work? Oh, that's the day we have staff meetings. Okay, well, what is it about the staff meetings that are causing me anger? Oh, you know, I'm always afraid that my boss is going to put me down. Okay, all right, we got a wound there. We have a wound there. Or, you know, I I get angry when I look at Facebook. Okay, well, well, why? Oh, I see that the people I went to high school with are more successful than me and it brings back... Feelings of how I was left out when I was okay well let's let 's pay attention to that right so again, not just that i 'm feeling it where's this coming from, much like in our physical health, you don 't just go to your doctor and say i don 't feel well, and the doctor's going to diagnose you well wh- when don't you feel well? you know oh well, after I eat seafood, okay, well, maybe there's an allergy or i don 't feel well after i you know I, I run. Okay, well, let's leave your feet hurt after you run. Maybe we need to get better sneakers or whatever. Uh, so, I think in the spiritual life, let's pay attention. Let's pay attention to to where it's happening. I do think for most of us, a lot of our wounds, our deepest wounds, do go back to our childhood. Not necessarily in the home, maybe in the home, abandonment, ridicule, um, you know, feeling unloved or unappreciated. But also in those formative years, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, I think a lot of wounds around rejection. Um, again, teachers often unintentionally making comments or not picking us for this to go to the board or to be on that team, or you know, who was chosen to always be the the, the, the principal's helper or whatever. Right, I, I right. do think, and sports for guys, sports um, for girls, who was who was in which crowd. There's lots of wounds. I just hear it. And as people pray, little by little it's revealed, and then it comes out, and then we can let God's grace flow in. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to see what the root cause is.
0: Father Chris Walsh, our spiritual director. Uh, let's go back to the phones. We've got Kimberly, who is calling in, listening in Maine. Hi, Kimberly. You're on the air here on The Inner Life.
2: Hi.
1: Hello, Kimberly. Hi, go Hello. right ahead. Yeah, go, go uh, ahead, hi, Kimberly.
2: I'm... Uh... So I do, I work in and do research on pay uh, compensation rates. And I know that I'm being, I'm not being compensated appropriately for the work that I do um, also because I do the research on it. (laughs) So I do uh, have anger about that and it's turning into resentment and I go to sleep with that. And I wonder how you would advise me to, yeah, practice forgiveness, I guess.
1: Yeah, wow, that's a that's quite an irony, right? That your your work is seeing what compensation is and you're realizing that, that, that they're not compensating you well. I guess the basic question is have you asked them for an increase in compensation? I have. Okay. <laughs> and, and and they just said no or not now or wait or
2: Um, they've put me off for about six months now, or maybe yeah. more at this point.
1: Yeah. So I think and that's a, a an anger that again, are you doing anything with it? Are you talking about the employers? Are you disparaging them? Do you feel like you're working less because of it?
2: I'm not working less. I think I probably am
1: disparaging
2: my employer at least in personal conversations,
1: not not at well, work. Don't don't say their name on the radio, please. Don't. <laughs> no. Um I'm just joking. So what I would suggest honestly is if you know, you give yourself a timeline. You know, okay, I asked six months ago for for a raise. You you put me on hold. Um, I'm revisiting that now. What is the possibility? Okay, now you're 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 a woman who's free. What are your options that you can you can move out of that, right? You can move to a new position where the compensation will be, you know, more, more just. Otherwise, you're going it, to it's not going to change, right? Because again, you you have a sense of justice. You have the evidence that supports your commitment to justice. So unless you're able to you know, compensate the income or, or work less or, or come up with some solution that way, then, then you, you just need to move on. And I think that's an important part in all of our relationships, whether it's work or personal life, but sometimes at a church, if, 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 we're, if we're not feeling the change of heart, then we need to change the situation.
0: Kimberly, uh, you know, that's a difficult situation there too because I've known many women who have been in that exact same position as you where there is that frustration knowing that uh, for somebody who's doing the exact same work, you're not earning necessarily the same amount there. Um, So, yeah, again, know you'll be in my prayers as you're trying to work through this and try and discern what God might have you do. So that you don't have that ongoing resentment, that ongoing frustration and anger in your life. Father, we're down to just our last uh, minute and a half here. Any quick suggestions on if somebody really is dealing with anger, maybe a saint they might turn to or additional reading you might recommend?
1: Yeah, certainly there have been, you know, whatever way you're being wronged, there's a saint who has been in that situation, right? Whether it's uh, someone like Jean Jagan who founds the Little Sisters of the Poor and then some young priest comes along and says that he was the founder and pushes her aside. Um, A similar thing happened to St. Raphael and Mary, another found, mother foundress, um, you know, John Paul II, you know, wronged, you know, in all sorts of ways by the communists you know, coming up. Yeah. And, you know, uh, even someone like Zelly Martin and Louie Martin, who struggle with their kids and, and, and were angry, you know, they, they found a way to grace. Talk to someone, right? Go to confession, bring it up that you're angry, but, but get specific. Get specific. And if need be, talk to a professional who can also help you overcome and sort through that.
0: Father Chris Walsh, uh, we've got about 20 seconds here. Can I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners as we conclude the hour?
1: certainly. May Almighty God bless you, bring you peace and healing, and reveal to you the loving face of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Father, and thank you for listening, for being a part of the program. Apologies to those of you who called in and we just didn't have time to get you on the air. I uh, hope you join us tomorrow here on The Inner Life as we'll be talking about how we can develop good spiritual habits, things that allow us to to day in and day out, grow in holiness, grow closer to Christ. Stay tuned. Mass is coming up next, followed by The Faith Explained with Kale Clark. Have a blessed rest of your afternoon.